HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. It is radio time again, and uh, that's because it's 2 o'clock on a Thursday, which is always the time for Greenhorn Radio, radio by young farmers, for young farmers, and approaching topics relevant to uh, young farmers. And, and perhaps those of you who are not yet young farmers, may you please join us soon. Uh, I'm joined today all the way from California um, by my good friend Andrew Mariani, who is a fabulous wine man andrew are you there (laughs) hi hi how are you i'm i'm well i'm uh you know i'm in brooklyn which is good you know this is an exciting uh happening not only to be on heritage radio but also because this is the first time i've ever talked on a landline um at scribe actually well (laughs) i this we got new phones out here we have a we have a real office and um, we're connecting through a little cord, which is rare. You just have a cell phone and walking around in the in the in the farm or the vineyard. So it's a big deal, and there's big day. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much coordinating to do uh, in yeah. these the beginning the beginning phases of any uh, farm startup operation, and uh, so much telephone time. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that we can survive it. Um, but then, when you think about the farm workers who are organizing themselves across continents. Um, well, across this continent, uh, ca- tracking the seasons and the various crops that have to be picked and the uh, incredibly uh, elaborate social networks of communication that um, our agricultural system has relied on, sometimes formal, sometimes informal. Even if we only had phones, I think we could still do what we're doing also, even though radio is great, even though mm-hmm. wine is great, even though Internet is great. Take well, it all away. Of, we'll uh, be fine. <laughs> communication and coordination that it takes to... Uh I think establish a, a community around food, which is really um, what it's all about, is is pretty amazing. And I think the Greenhorns is doing an amazing job of that. Y'all out should... east and now out west, it was so lovely to see you out here recently. So lovely to be out. I mean, <laughs> April, April in California, it's almost it's almost not to be beat. I just have to say, May in New England, holy moly. Yeah. You know, it, people people say Big you time. know farming is sexy. It's like yes, it is in the spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so when I, I wa- need some, sorry, I need some of that. I need some of that. You know what I'm eating right now is um, some uh, Brooklyn chocolates from Mass Brothers. Holy moly! I figured I'd get in the spirit of of, of Brooklyn while I talk to you. Well, thank you for doing that, and thank you to those fabulous Bearded Brothers for their um, <laughs> continuous production. I think that they've had their noses to the grindstone recently in yep. the produ- producing. Now, wait a minute. We haven't even talked about who you are. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so let's start with the beginning. <clears throat> uh, would you who mind introducing you? yourself, Andrew? <laughs> um, yes. I have a, a new project in Sonoma called Scribe Winery, and I've been um, back in California, my home state, for about three years now. And the uh, I purchased an old turkey farm. It was an industrial, kind of disused, nasty old place. And uh, my intention from the beginning has been to kind of revive this 
piece of land um, back to its original use, which um, going back to the 1850s was a, a vineyard and winery. And my education is in enology and viticulture, and I worked uh, at wineries in Europe. So I, I wanted to come back to California and, and do that here. And um, I'm lucky enough to work on a beautiful piece of property that has a great history and um, and a lot of opportunity to uh, to share the kind of the, the fruits of of this part of Sonoma Valley with uh, the public. So, so, so have, now um, I mean, this is a crappy piece of crappy little farm, but this is a pretty uncrappy vista. Uh, that <laughs> I, let's just talk about what you're looking out on at, as you sit up there in your beautiful new little office. Right. Well, we're on a little bit of a knoll here. Um, um, we're in the Carneros Appalachian of Sonoma Valley, so this is the, the, the most southern part of Sonoma Valley, and um, just kind of where it's, it's no, Carneros is, is a flat land zone. It's kind of north of the, the San Francisco Bay, the San Pablo Bay, so it's really flat up until you get to about where I am, when, and, and behind me to my back is Arrowhead Mountain. So we're just on, just about to head up the mountain. So I have a little bit of a vista looking over Carneros and the flatlands there. To my left is the bay, and if, if I went up to the top of the mountain, I could see San Francisco and, um, and then the ocean out to the, to the, to the west of me. Um, Let's talk about the top of your mountain. Oh, well, I don't want to interrupt you, but... Yeah. Let's talk about, about the top. It? Let's talk about the top of your mountain. Um, Rogue Ridge. Yeah. Rogue Ridge. That's that's what we call. That's what they call the ridge line up there. It's actually a cool story. It's um, so. All right, I'm getting out. I'm getting off topic, but I have to tell you a quick prohibition story. Is that okay? Uh, I think prohibition is is uh, permitted in this instance. Yes. Okay. Cool. So this property, you know, it goes back to 1858. It was a winery and vineyard. The Dressel brothers. They were kicking ass, winning prizes all over the U.S you know, World's Fair, gold medals and stuff. And then Prohibition hits in 1919, and they go underground. Eventually it wipes them out, but they had a pretty good run um, during the Prohibition era. So there's this, uh, one of the main bootlegging roads that uh, extended from Louisville Valley, which is the valley behind where I am, to San Francisco, came up over, over, over the ridge down Arrowhead Mountain, past through my property, and then off to San Francisco. So, Lovo Valley had 20 or so distilleries there, and they would, guys would sit on the ridge lines with, with lights and flash, and that's how they would communicate with the people in the valley, um, letting them know whether it was safe or not to drive their, their, uh, their moonshine or wine or whatever they were taking to the city. So they started calling um, it Rogue Ridge, because there was kind of this rogue zone. And the Hacienda, which we'll, maybe we'll get to, at one point during Prohibition, was a kind of a stash spot in the speakeasy and maybe a brothel as well. So Rogue Ridge, that's the story of Rogue Ridge. So they didn't even have cell phones. I mean, they were just organized when there's booze. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> All we need is, uh, you know, a flash it, of light. It was like lanterns and stuff, yeah. But they were communicating, getting the, getting the goods to the people who, uh, who needed it. Yeah, last night I went to a show uh, with my friend Law of... It was called Crooked Still, and uh-huh. I, I got it confused. I was like, still crooked? But <laughs> it seems like you guys are still crooked over there, and uh, well, pretty shiny. Let's talk is, about the wine. Is that a, is that a, was that a compliment, or you, <laughs> is that trash talking? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm only going to compliment you on the radio. We'll save the trash okay. talk for in person. Okay. Well, we do try to embrace the um, Prohibition era, you know, illicit methods that they that they adopted, so... Um, any any to, any uh, lingo that 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 stays there? What do you mean? Well, I don't know. What? How do people talk about? I mean, there's bootleggers. There's bootleggers. The uh, the hooch. Yeah, there's some hooch floating around here. You guys aren't making any hooch out of your own scribe wine. We're not making any hooch yet, but we thought we thought about it. Yeah, we won't we talk about, about that now. Let's talk about the wine. The wine, and, yeah. And the divine wine, and, and how that, which is up on the mountain, on the top of the mountain, the history of this place, the tumbling waters, um, and the ecology that spurts its fingers out, especially in California when there's water. The ecology mm. is, is easier to, to find. Uh, yes. how is that? How is that informing your practice? Um, well, I think um, 
maybe I think I think kind of the scribe's approach to farming and the, the way that we uh, kind of address the growing of everything from grapes that we grow to, to the food that we grow here is comes from, stems from this kind of concept of rebuilding the ecosystem and the biodiversity of this this property that we live and work on um, because the previous owners had had disrespected that in a sense from the beginning it it was clear that w- it would be our you know to our benefit to re to kind of enhance that biodiversity and bring everything back so a lot of the stuff that we do is to promote that cause um for example we planted uh recently the first section of our in- insectary system which will bring from the from the mountainside beneficial insects back down closer to the valley floor into the vineyard to kind of balance the ecosystem and and combat negative pests and things like that. We also, you know, uh, plant as many native species all all around the property in the vineyard as we can. We also have about an acre worth of food production. And all of this is kind of to break up the, the, uh, the monoculture that vineyard wine country uh, zones are so susceptible to. Well, and it's so, it's a shame, you know, uh, as these regions become so specialized with wine, um, and, you know, Chianti is an example that I've recently <clears throat> kind of really felt uh, viscerally um, kind of alienated by. Uh, it's grapes, grapes, and only grapes. And so the <clears throat> work is super concentrated right when it's needed. And then because there's, you know, because there's not other things to do in the other times of the year, um, the the kind of sentience of of cultivation leaves the mm-hmm. landscape, and it becomes this you know pretty sterile and hostile um, absolutely yeah. uh, space. Now you're, and it creates a system where you know uh, of migrant farm workers that you know I think having um, one thing that kind of a byproduct of of wanting to grow our own food on this property means that we employ you know, more people throughout the, throughout this, throughout the year, which is a great, this is a great thing. And you start to build kind of a, a workforce and friendship and community, um, with people on the, in the vineyard versus a lot of places where, you know, you're pretty solitude for most of the year. And then during the harvest, you're packed with tons of people. But so I think that's, uh, you know, that, yeah, that diversity of crop goes, is so beneficial in so many ways. Well, and and when things are, you know, when there's when there's ups and downs and winters and summers, it's a more durable social mm-hmm. and working environment. I feel. Um, so much research has been done, um, and I am a product of UC Berkeley, and of the agroecology mm-hmm. program there, where there's yeah. much much discussion um, and engagement in the issue of beneficial insects and mm-hmm. the understanding that these um, riparian areas and native vegetation areas where there are Milliferous plants and nectar sources and places for ovipositing um, of these are fabulous lepidopterous and other insect friends um, right. have incredibly uh, important effects on on vineyard health and let's just like totally dork out if you wouldn't mind okay. um, about vineyard health right now and about um, we're you're in California, so you know we don't. It's not Chianti, and uh, <laughs> you got you got different benefits there. Um, yeah, but I mean, the, you know, California. There's some major threats right now. This uh, European grapevine moth is like is freaking everybody out um, because it's just been introduced to Napa, and it's it's a it's a it's a little moth that comes in and 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 gnaws on the gnaws on the vines and the fruit and and has been, has wiped out uh vineyards around the world so you know there's there's a major imbalance in the in our kind of broader ecosystem here i mean i don't know i want to ask you what you think about insectary systems because the one i i worked with uh, an entomologist uh to develop ours because nobody that I could find in the area had had done really a scientific study on it. So I don't really know if it's going to work, but, uh, I mean, in theory, it it makes sense. But um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think it's going to make some sense if you observe it over a long time. And there's a wonderful um, lady up in Mendocino who I think she was working for Fetzer for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is another example of when extension 
officers would be really fabulous pollinators to include in our um in the areas alongside our production in the areas of inspiration and science that we right. obviously draw from heavily in our in our agronomy um but th- but they've been doing studies there about um insectaries and uh mm-hmm. beneficial impact i mean i can send you the report that's a free pdf and it's put out yeah, by the mendocino wine growers because uh, in mendocino they have market yeah. market necessity they're all growing mm-hmm. organic over there right right because they, they got to sell those grapes and they're um and they need to be assured um that they can't okay we're getting off topic mm-hmm. but it's okay because <laughs> we're just working out how on, much time do we have we have um we're halfway through okay um, wait a minute now. Let's make sure that we're clear about uh, your background because I think many people are going to be asking, well, how, did I, how do I get the skills to, you know, s- embark on such a boisterous and uh, lugubrious uh, <laughs> adventure as, as Andrew has? Let's, oh let's talk. How did, when did you know that this is your path and, and how did you bobble along your path um, in the beginning? Well, um I studied international trade of agricultural goods in college at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. But on the side, for fun, I studied enology and, and, and viticulture. Um, I grew up in Winters, California, in an agricultural background. My family grows, grows uh, walnuts and almonds over there. So I have kind of an agricultural base, you know, I think, which, which helped. But... Um, after about a year in Washington, D.C., on Capitol Hill, I realized I did not want to be a diplomat and wanted that seasonality that, that agriculture provides. So made quit a really cool job, a great job, and went to Europe and worked for nothing on a, on a, on a vineyard in Greece. And um, that decision pretty much changed everything because uh, it, it just put me in front of... Um, uh, a lifestyle and a set of ideals and a group of people that value these things that I, I was interested in. So, I mean, I think just kind of jumping in and going for it um, and kind of moving out there was, was huge. And it, it was while I was in Greece that I decided that I wanted to to do this for a living. And, um, and you know, California seemed like a good place to come from, come back and do it. So I don't know. I mean, I think I think just putting putting yourself putting yourself out there is, is is what it takes, and and kind of you know I think and it's and all along the way, and even now I feel like I, I'm just kind of figuring out day to day. Like there's no perfect set of skills uh, to learn to um, you know prepare yourself for what it takes to do uh, this job or I think any job. You know, I think it takes just uh, enthusiasm and passion um and 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 yeah. ultimately you know well you're you know you're talking about this kind of surrender and it's interesting because it's kind of a familiar a familiar uh theme mm-hmm. is you know talking about this moment where you just kind of were like golly this is it here i am i'm yeah and i'm and i'm here and i'm committed and that that ultimately it's that commitment itself and it's exciting and it's kind of scary and you don't know if it's going to work and you know, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have a Lamborghini in, any, in a, a couple of years, but, you know, <laughs> figure, figure, figure it out. Well, who and wants a pretty, Lamborghini anyway, really? Right. Well, right. Well, that's a good thing to realize. Um, uh, yeah, I was just recently, this is a side story, I was just recently up in Oregon. Uh, we were partnering with a wonderful NGO called Friends of Family Farmers. And we had a mixer for young farmers at the Small Farmers Journal annual horse-drawn farm equipment auction and swap meet. Oh yeah, <laughs> which That's is awesome. a a, bi- a biannual event um, mm-hmm. up in Sisters, Oregon, where you know it is it is four days with twelve hours a day of active auctioning, uh, you know, bidding mm-hmm. on our farm implements drawn by horses, carriages, horses, tools miscellanea of of many shapes mm-hmm. and sizes and at that auction you could get yourself hooked up for the oregon trail we're talking clydesdales harnesses uh, uh, yeah. everything you need wagon with the with the cover on you know with barrels and a you know 
all the mm-hmm. iron tools you'd need. I mean, we're talking four grand. Now, wow. you can't and get a Honda go. for four grand. No, there's your, uh, yeah, there's your, there's your tractor right there. Right there. There's your vineyard tractor. I need, I need it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, um, I'm all about that. I, I love that. I mean, we have a hundred head of sheep parts of the year out here to, to eat weeds and do that kind of stuff. We're getting our first goats next week. So, you know, that animal force is pretty, pretty amazing. And the horsepower, you can't beat it. Can't beat it. So now. Can't, can't beat it. That animal sentience is coming to scribe. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the grapes. Okay. How how did you how did you find the grapes that you found and 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 what's the story there? So, um, Carneros Sonoma is a, a wonderful region for growing Burgundian varietals. So Pinot and Chardonnay are what we've planted, um, and those are varietals that I've always loved and are you know delicate, nuanced grape varietals and are really challenging and exciting to to pursue. But in addition to that, and we're going to get a, a, just the first bit of crop this year, um, we planted Riesling and Sylvaner, which are two varietals that were originally planted in America, brought to, brought to Sonoma by, the, by Emil Dressel, the founder of this property, and planted here on this site. So this is kind of the, um, the, the, the the beginning of Riesling and Sylvaner in the United States happened here, so it's really an honor to be able to grow those varietals again on this property. And that Sylvaner varietal, which is a rare uh, varietal from the Rhine River in Germany, is is not widely planted in the United States. I think there's one acre of it in the Central Coast, and we have a couple of here now. So. Um, it's a, it's a really rare and wonderful wine that I'm excited to make. So those are the main varieties that we have planted here at Scribe. Well, and, and sitting as I am in the converted tractor-trailer uh, headquarters of Heritage Radio, um, yep. a brand and a, a body of beings mostly committed to the preservation of anim- rare animal species, but I think that they're into rare grapes also on occasion. Mm-hmm. Well, that's um, great. Yeah, we, we went... This this is one of those scenarios for sure. This was there was one Sylvaner vine in the nursery at uh, UC Davis. And that was the only place we could find buds. So we took all 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 the, all the buds from one one plant, one existing plant in in California. So you went to the experiment station that was run by the land grant university. Yeah. And you went to the place that had been funded by our government to yeah. to sustain and uh, study grape varieties mm-hmm. that could be suitable for commercial application in, in the state. And you right. yourself, as a young farmer, went there <laughs> and got plant material from the government, essentially. Mm-hmm, yep. Holy moly. That's a, be- that's a beautiful thing, right? Huh. Amazing. That's uh, democracy right there. That's it's why happening. I'm not an anarchist. <laughs> I mean, I am an anarchist, but, but that's anyway. why we need libraries, um, plant libraries and... Um, Absolutely. So, so let's just hear it for the let's hear it for the land grants just for a yeah, moment. Yeah, cheers for them. And you know, UC Davis is an amazing resource for a lot of um, uh, viticulturalists or vintners who who are interested. I mean, a lot of people don't work with them at all, but it's amazing the exchange and the availability that they have for for you know this side of things. Um, we have some good, we have some good relationships with them, so. I'm all for it. So now we have very few minutes left, but now that we're on the topic God, of relationships, I, feel like I, had a, I had a bunch of questions I wanted to ask you too, but I guess that's not what this is. This is about. Well, and while you were turning your back, I snuck in and called your brother and asked him if he would come on too. So it's going to be oh, two, nice. two Marianis for the price of one. He, sh- he, where is he? I don't, even, I don't even know where he is. Well, he's on. He's on for next. So okay, we already told him. But uh, let's talk about relationships here, because wine is as <clears throat> I just had a bit of beer actually um, <laughs> wine is a part of uh, culture it yeah. is a part of our um, understanding of the table and I think that what inspires me most about your whole program over there is how um, how holistic your understanding of wine really is and that you've included that relational table celebrational aspect 
from the very very beginning and like before you even had a friggin roof uh fixed on your crazy hacienda um you were throwing fabulous parties now yeah i mean i think you know um in california in in napa and sonoma the wine wine industry is has gotten to be a big deal right so people have i think lost track of what the hell wine is in the first place which is this amazing product the amazing expression of of the land that brings people together around a table and and uh is consumed along with food and friends and and family and things like that it's not it shouldn't be made to uh exist solely in in a lab or or on a wine critic's desk so that he can give it a score you know it's made to it should be made to be enjoyed um in a cultural uh framework so yeah everything that we do and um um whenever we have guests here we always have have food for them and have lunch for them and and wine and our wines specifically are made to be enjoyed with food and um not not on their own so i think that uh that's wine's place kind of in our culture and that's what we want to celebrate and would you say just from your um you know mere glances that you've had of the uh, burgeoning food, youthful food culture in in your area of the world. Would you say that that's mm-hmm. a set of values, um, a set of values, principles, and practices? That's what they say about agrari- agrarianism. Yeah. Um, that are that are echoed there. Would you say that that is? You say, you're saying here, here where I am. Here where you are. What, is is it strong? It's strong. It's strong. It's strong with the young food pioneers of California. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's it's. And it's and it's spreading, but I think that it was lost for a long time um, in this part of you know Northern California. But I'm hugely inspired by the the people, my friends, and the people that I that I have the opportunity to collaborate with on events. You know, chefs in San Francisco or other produce farmers up here in Sonoma and other young winemakers. I mean, there's a there's a definite rumbling of uh, excitement about food and and its place in our kind of American uh, fabric. So it's happening. It's You know that. <laughs> well, I just, you know, I wanted to know what was happening over there. <laughs> you, wanted to, you wanted to get it on the, get it on the radio. It's on record. It's happening. Yeah. Be a part it's, of it. Word, pioneers. We, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm loving this uh, idea of the young food pioneers and, and these little homesteads that are, these new homesteads that are popping up all over all over the country it's really a an amazing thing to to do here in Sonoma and know that people around uh the US are are doing this doing the same yeah i well i can't talk about it really much but i just wrote my first op op-ed i'll send it mm. to you you can nice. get get out your red pen but mm-hmm. it's about the new american homestead act that is required yes but, yes yes uh, I can't. Oh, please send it to me. I'd love to. I'd love to read it. Yeah, I'll send it before it goes to the papers. <laughs> um, cool. Now we have we have not that much time. In fact, we have very little time. But I wanted to say. Do you want? Do you want? Do you want me to have Adam come in here? You could just get him on speaker or something. Uh, or he can just pass the phone over. Okay. But um, what is the I'm next? Sorry. What is the next phase for you? What is the next? Like folks who are tuned in and turned on and ready to drink um <laughs> how would you recommend that they uh stay abreast of what's going on with scribe and apart from you know east meets west and all the mm. rabbit rabbitiness that's happening um what are what are some of the things that you would like folks to know about um and i think you have a special wine posse don't you wine posse like you can't you go on the website and, and become a yeah, part of the wine jo- posse you, you can you can join the wine the wine gang it's uh it's called the scribe viticultural society and uh what that gives you is access to all the wines and and kind of everything that you ever would want to know about scribe but you can also just sign up for a newsletter or a mailing list at scribewinery.com and kind of um get you know ever so often get a little little blurb about what we're doing up here but we're about to start a renovation of the old hacienda basically making it which is an old you know uh, it's a home that was originally built in 1860 had a big remodel in 1912 um but has been 
abandoned for about 30 years. We've been using it for events, as you know, and parties, but we're about to um, kind of secure it and give it some electricity and some water and, and turn it into kind of more of a focal point and usable building. So that's exciting. That's kind of on-site stuff. We're going to start selling uh, scribe produce at the at the farmer's, Sonoma Farmer's Market every Tuesday night. That's exciting. And then this summer there's a few cool events happening in San Francisco as well as up here. Um, we're, we're doing one. Uh, there's this amazing church that has just been fixed up. Um, next to Dolores Park, and and uh, the the chef from Contigo, Brent Emerson, and I are going to host a big dinner there. That's on June 24th. And then Scribe and 18 Reasons, which is Byright Markets kind of art community organization, are starting a somewhat of a ongoing collaboration. We'll we'll be doing some producer dinners in San Francisco, where all the wine and produce and meat served will be all Scribe. And finally, on July 31st, in the Hacienda, right before it goes into its next reincarnation, there's going to be a food, wine, art, sleepover, pancake breakfast happening where 10 artists are invited to come take a room in the old Hacienda, do whatever they want to it, display art or in uh, visual, audio, or performance. Um... And people are going to come and eat food and drink wine and see art and walk, explore the land. So there so you have it. Things. There you yep. have it from the source, from Andrew Mariana himself. It's a schedule full of yum um, and plenty of wine to go along with it. Um, I think we're going to pause for a second and let Adam take the phone. I really am so thankful, Andrew, for um, your leadership in this in this realm of um, enology and uh, hospitality. And I look forward also to, at some point, making something happen. We've got a pretty fantastic West Coast tour shaping up, starting up in Washington State and cruising on down towards Albuquerque, um, October, November, Greenhorn style. So, uh, well, let's put a let's put a stop um, at Scribe on on the calendar, and we'll we'll uh, keep you guys rolling down the coast. Sounds good to me. So thank you so much, Andrew. Um, is he around? Can we just pass the phone? Let me let me let me see. I don't know how the phone system works. Hold on. Can you? Okay, hold, dear can you radio hold on audience, for? please pause. <laughs> All right. Can you guys cut while we're pausing? Hey Adam. Yeah, it's not going to. We're going to cut this out. Okay. Yeah, we're going to cut this out. So it's just going straight to the next one. Okay. Oh, can I tell him that before we go back on? Yeah. Do you want to call Adam in his office? No problem. Get him right now. I think he's probably just gonna pass the phone through. Let's see. Okay, let's see. How's it go? How does it sound? Am I sounding sounds drunk? Good. No, yeah, no, it sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Hi, is this Adam or Andrew? This is Andrew. Adam's coming. He's hosting some some uh, guests down in the tasting cellar. Well, um, so we're going to cut out all this intermediary stuff. Okay. Um, so we can even just, like, chill out for a second if you want, or we could call him back in his office. What um, ma- tell me what makes sense from your end, because it's totally flexible here. He's right here, so it's up, it's, what do you, do you want to stay in here? Uh-huh. That's fine. Yeah. Are you going downstairs? Yeah, I can go downstairs. So he, he can... Sh- he, he'll just stay on this line. Unless, right. unless How long is it going to be, do you think? Like 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Okay. Well, why don't you just call, call back? Call back the, and do which number? Which extension? Um, it's going to be in 20 minutes. No, no, no. Not in 20 minutes. No, oh, no, no. For 20, for 20 minutes. Oh, so right now. Right now. Okay. So, all right. Well, you can just stay on this line. We'll stay on. Okay. How, was that good? That was awesome. You're fabulous. Yeah. Cool. Where we have to eat. we have I'm doing so uh, I've been farming. Yeah, man. Ah, I'm so happy. I just been like jamming my we got it where I'm on a transplanter, which is this like huge machine on the back of a tractor where you just like jam plants in. Mm-hmm. And then you can speed up. So you're like Nice. Uh it's nice. totally it's totally Pumping my flavor. It? That's so fun. 
How many, uh, How big is your crew out there? Are you doing everything? No, no, no. I'm working for my friend. Dina. So we lost my land. Da da da. It was drama. Oh, right, right. But yeah. but Dina needed a farm partner, and I just mm-hmm. like jumped in. I was like, yeah, I'll ha- you can I can come for May, and May is important. And she you know she needed someone really badly, and I needed to farm really badly. So it's turning out yeah. to be just like both of our Perfect. best. Where's the, Where's the farm? Um, it's an hour north of New York in mm-hmm. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. on a ridge and it's 200 acres 250 csa shares rabbits wow. my rat all my rabbits live there now and she's gotten more rabbits so we're like bunny heaven and then yeah goats pigs um and laying hens and then oh, amazing orchard it's just like old school yankee doodle dance like yankee 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 farming right right and uh it's awesome. like so it. heaven yeah when are you on the east coast man I think I'm going to make it out there again in uh, in August. Oh, my God. We're having a two-day-long Chautauqua in Maine. Sea- in Maine? Yeah. Seaweed. Where in Maine? Um, well, one day, it's going to be, it's either two or three days. One day is in Steuben, mm-hmm. which is, like, north of Bar Harbor. Okay. And cool, because Bar Harbor is one of my stops on this little August tour. Well, send me your dates, man. We'll have send you. We'll get, we'll, we'll get send me you. your dates, because I don't have mine yet. Oh, well, my date. Do you know when you're going to do it? Uh, yeah, I think probably the weekend of the 14th. Okay. And cool. the, 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 the seaweed, we would, you know, we'd give you a workshop. I okay. mean, you could, like, teach something or take us somewhere. Yeah. Make All a right. still. That would be, oh, that would be amazing. I'll look into that. Yeah, if we could, like, get a welder man to make us a still. Okay, we got to get on track. We're on track. We got to okay. go on track. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm going to hand the phone to Adam. Thank you, Adam, for your patience. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Ev. Thank so you, wonderful Marianis. <laughs> all right. I'll keep in touch, all right? Okay. Okay. Ciao. Ciao. Hey, when's this going to air? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm going to Italy with Amy Franceschini. We've got a Trojan horse with a jam kitchen in its belly. That's why I'm pre-recording. <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. All right. Okay, Here ciao. Ciao. Adam. Whoa, is it busy around there? What's up, Severn? Adam, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your... uh, It sounds like it's busy. It's going good here. Oh, man. It's, um... Yeah, we have quite a few people here. We just had some some cats from Kathmandu (laughs) show up. Wait, pause. Let's talk about it on the air. Boys? Boys in the studio? We're good. Now? We're fading. You just tell me when. We just start. We just keep talking. So we're live. So here we are. I'm now, I've got Adam Mariani, the brother of Andrew Mariani, the wonderful team of stallions who are uh, <laughs> at, the, at the forefront of this uh, vineyard, Scribe Vineyard in Sonoma, California. And Adam... It's a wine, it's a wine farm. It's a wine farm. Now, yeah. a- Adam, let's talk about something. You are the brother... Of Andrew, and you're the older or younger brother? Uh, slightly younger. Um, quite a bit younger, maybe. Maybe it's better to say quite a bit. Four years younger? Well, it doesn't really matter in the end, but it's... Three it's years, we'll say. <laughs> where I am, I am, I am, where I am a, a younger brother. I'm even shorter than him, too, which, which um, kind of adds to the, the older, younger brother kind of dynamic and... And he loves to play. He loves to play with that dynamic. But, um, but beyond beyond the the physical and the ages um, that we each have, it's there's there's not too much that separates us. We uh, we kind of we have we have a lot of the same manifestos, and we both we both people say have great hair too. So <laughs> we, well, uh, I can attest we, to that. We have a lot in common still. Well, I just was there recently visiting with my. Ah, uh, little brother, and mm-hmm. I must say, it's such a wonderful thing to work with, your, to be, first of all, to be with your sibling, um, and, and having wonderful adventures, and and to be with your sibling in the business way, and, and as Teamsters hitch to the same, to the same wagon load, I think must be a pretty exciting thing. Um, but it is. What I wanted to hear about maybe a little bit, um, if you wouldn't mind, is, mm-hmm. um, this childhood that you had that inspired both of you kind of in the same ways? Um, 
yeah, it was, it was, uh, I mean, to me, it was a totally normal childhood, but, and it's, and it, and it really makes what we do now seem really like natural evolution or just kind of the way it, the way, um, I don't know, it needs to be done, at least for us to be kind of satisfied with what we do and happy with what we do. And, and I think that, uh, that growing up, growing up in a farming family, living on a farm in a very family oriented environment where, where the business partners are brothers. And I mean, my father and his brother started their farming company, uh, and, and my father's father and, and so on. And, and it, uh, it's really just kind of been, I don't know, it, it, it's, it, it, it's really enhanced everything that we've kind of come to know in terms of, you know, a lifestyle and, and how that's really just paralleled with a career. And there's really no, there's never been, there's never been a difference to, to us, I don't think. I mean, I have, personally haven't, have never looked at a career as being something different than the lifestyle that uh, that I would want to lead or or that my father leads. Um, but, um, and I think we just, we really, I mean, cherish that, that sort of, um, that, that, I mean, that, that lifestyle, that duality of, 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 you know, living through your career. And, and, uh, and I think we both, I mean, like, I, a lot of times, I mean, I, you, a lot of times just say we, I feel like I, I speak for the both of us, my brother and I, a lot, but I should probably be more, a little more cautious when I do that. But, um, I, I mean, I think being in the wine industry is, is what, I mean, why we were drawn to be in the wine industry besides being, um, attracted to the, the art and, and difficulty of growing grapes and making, making good wine is the, the the face that that has with the public that it's a very public farming um lifestyle it's very it's very much in in the public eye and and it's a way that we can really i mean do something that we love being being farmers and living off the land and and living on physically living on the land where our livelihood comes from um and be connected with our family and what what our our uh, ancestors have all done but also be very much involved in the in the community and and have others, especially at this point. I mean, our you know our people, our age, our friends in their young twenties and or in their twenties and early thirties see that farming is a completely viable and necessary uh, you know career lifestyle path that people people need and should take. And it's not this you know far off place that you know happens somewhere else not around the lives that, that they're leading it's it is something that you know people can choose to do even if their fathers weren't farmers or or their grandparents weren't farmers it's it's uh i mean there's there's many different ways to be a farmer and and to live off the land and and, and uh do good things so well you guys um, are doing some pretty good things and i think um, because you're doing such good things, you have, in a sense, this privilege, um, which is that your your practice, your your farming, and and your cultivation of these grapes, and your very clever alchemy um, that does happen somewhere in some cave, quietly and mysteriously. Um, you know, your practice becomes your podium, in a sense, and mm-hmm. I think that that's, as I say, is a tremendous privilege that as we um, as we kind of surround ourselves by our by our farms and, and as we create businesses around our intentions and shape that land and shape our businesses and bring in the people that we want to work with and have relationships with those people and that that are durable and long lasting it you know the the podium kind of gets bigger and bigger and bigger the more successful we are um at, at bringing that intention out from ourselves into the land and into the organism of commerce that we have, you guys have got a pretty nice podium. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it, um, it's a pretty selfish podium, to be honest, because I think what it comes down to, it's, 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 really, it's just kind of like a playground that we, we've set up here or trying to set up where we get to do 
do whatever really we want to do and and maybe that's because it it's it it's that's the 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 essence of it all really kind of then translates and turns out to be a good a good representative of of who we are well you know and con- controlling the conditions of your labor not to get too heavy but <clears throat> controlling the conditions of your labor and and having uh the capacity to um you know, to plant the rose arbor under which you will then walk, metaphorically mm-hmm. and, you know, in farming, in practice, mm-hmm. you know. Be- yeah, I think we've actually done that physically. <laughs> what, kind, <laughs> what kind of roses? Oh, a, a variety. We don't, it's a field, it's a field blend, to use a, a viticultural term. A field blend. Yeah, nobody, we don't really know is what that means. Oh, okay, got it. Just a whole, a whole bunch, a little bit of everything. A whole bunch, a little bit of roses. <laughs> um, well, anyway, it's uh, it's it's great to see, and um, what I'm also interested in, just as far as this business. Now, you guys are in what your fourth year. In terms of. Well, I guess maybe let's do a play by play. How did okay. this? How did this happen? This whole scribe winery thing. Oh man. Um, short version. Short version. Um, made some wine, needed to sell it, so we we bought a farm to sell it from and continue <laughs> to make it from. That's good. Um, that's like no, the twi- I mean, that's we, like we the Twitter making, version. We started making wine in 2004, and uh, with I mean with no direct intention of how we were gonna get rid of it it was just something we wanted to do and all of a sudden the opportunity came up kind of you know all these stars aligned that we would kind of be able to do it we were both um still quite young and and one of us was even underage still at that point um but because i mean even getting obviously getting into it was very much a family a big family activity so we we started making wine in 2004 and then and then started to make uh our home here on this farm that you visited with your with your family um, in 2007, and then uh, started selling wine just a few months ago at the end of end of uh, 2009. And then so in 2000, we're still selling our first our first vintages from 2004. S- take note, everyone at home, still in stock. Still not- in, barely. <laughs> not after today, though. I mean, we we um we have this, we just had this crew of of like 12 people show up from half of them are from Kathmandu, Nepal. What? Yeah. They How? said, we've heard, we heard about your, your 2007 Chardonnay. And, uh, oh. they're like it takes it. People only drive 60 kilometers an hour over in Kathmandu. So it took us a while to get here, but, but, uh, we came and I think they're enjoying it right now. I can see them out the window. Seem to be enjoying themselves. It smiles. Man, what a that's pretty cool. I, I think that's the moment when you bust out the guest book. Yeah, it's there. It's already there. Yeah. Good. I just uh, I wonder what, what language they'll they'll write in. Well, you guys were incredibly generous um, when we had our recent Petaluma Young Farmers Mixer, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys threw down. I didn't. I wasn't even expecting. And suddenly, I was drinking scribe wine. I was like, God, this is such good stuff. Oh, you, did you recognize it in the, in the I, glass? Even in the dark. Even in the dark, yeah. How was that? I was only there at the uh, at the party for the first few minutes. I heard it. It had a few different few different dynamics going on. First, it was really bright, and then and then it went just just dark and candlelit, and it was actually pretty amazing. Yeah, well, um, it was good. It was the the six hundred oysters were definitely the highlight for me. Yeah. Um, and just seeing, and it's just the golden light of the bank and all these confident, young, brown, strong, able-bodied, you know, <laughs> comfortable in their own bodies, people. Yeah, you know, bodies, like, bodies, bodies from the farm, really, bronzed bod- and bronzed and, and toned. And, and a lot of beautiful, there was a, seven, there's a lot of beautiful people there that night. Well, some of them were, some of them were winery people. <laughs> Um, so but hey, one thing I didn't realize—I didn't realize that the um, the seed bank in Petaluma was actually in an old, big, beautiful bank. Yeah. So such dignity in that space. Yeah, 
that's, that's cool. People, t- people take their gold really seriously. And uh, I like that. I think that taking our seeds that seriously and taking the future of our agriculture that seriously, um, you know, and having that kind of arcaded, twinkling marble feeling uh, around us mm-hmm. is a very positive, uh, a very positive development. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a great. Uh, I like the way the way you spin that. I mean, a lot of people, and and I might I would in most instances consider myself one of them, but really, really uh, argue that that all value, all monetary, even mon- all monetary value today is is really first and foremost derived from from the earth, from the earth, from the soil, and having having seed being sold and housed in a bank is can be quite fitting all of our all our wealth is um from the earth beautiful fabulous essay i would like to just point out at this moment um seeing as how the point of this programming is to orient you all as listeners to some of the um history institutional wisdom and uh you know past and future liturgy on uh this agrarian movement there's a wonderful wonderful um Legacy. What are we talking about again? Seeds. Uh, seed, seed and wealth, wealth. originating in, in the soil. Oh, yes. Thank you kindly. <laughs> oh, Lord. I almost lost my beans. Um, there's a wonderful essay uh, in this last issue of the Quivera Coalition newsletter. Uh, Quivera Coalition is kind of like the eco-savvy ranchers uh, group, and they're down in New Mexico. Um, we're, we're so thrilled to know about them, and they're newsletter recently republished some of these essays that were written about the new agrarianism. Um, I would really recommend, you can even just Google new agrarianism and you'll find uh, these treatises about uh, themes exactly this, the dignity and the um, intention and the set of practices that are involved in the understanding that all of us are a part of the land that we live on and are... um, given strength by that land and are part of the cycle of life. And it sounds a little bit funny when I'm saying it now because I'm in Brooklyn, but <laughs> read the essay because you'll um, you'll get a better picture. Now, um, mm. we haven't got very much time, so I want to make sure that I give you a chance to talk about your particular areas of interest there and, and what you're focusing on particularly, Adam, in your own and with your own might. With my own might here, uh, here, here on on the farm at Scribe. Yeah, or just generally. Or just in general. Um, ooh, what? Uh, what are you pulling? What are you pushing? We, we're uh, actually, I'm, I'm, uh, been spending a bit of time lately, um, taking some time out of my out of my schedule to work on putting together our first. Uh, we still don't, still don't have a name for it, but Scribe publication kind of a newspaper a magazine thing of sorts that'll that the idea was to go out quarterly and we we're thinking of using the word quarterly in the name but then we realized and well, people people expect for it to come out quarterly and we might not have our uh have all of our 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 shit together put stuff put together each quarter ready to go out on each quarter so but um trying to so we're we're playing with some ideas for the to rework the name but to have a have a kind of a scribe publication or something of the sorts to uh to kind of use as another real just kind of podium to to uh besides the wine and, and the farm. And what um, are you gonna talk about? I don't see that. I think anything and everything. We really we we really don't want to to put any boundaries on it. I mean we'll we'll talk about the farm and what's going on and and say some stuff about wine and and what's going on in the vineyards, but um, I think it'll also just kind of be a, a forum for all of our friends and whoever we feel we feel would be, have something great to say, just to say what they want, regardless if it's about farming or not. Well, it's so interesting in this time when agricultural newspapers and rural small town newspapers are just having a hard time, and and you know people who are among us trying to find uh, used farm equipment are having to resort to Craigslist because the newspapers are all gone. But at the same time, um, there's this upwelling of literary force 
and mm-hmm. it's like we're all just trying to create more places to talk and think. Well, maybe I'll interview you. Okay. <laughs> for for our publication. Sounds like I'd say I'd say we're even then. Okay. And that's that's critical. I mean, I think that that reciprocity um is positive. <laughs> Absolutely, people helping people. People helping people. Um, Isn't that what it's all about? So there you are, and this is your fourth year. Andrew started to describe a little bit the gardens, um, mm-hmm. but maybe you oh. could, maybe you could describe a little bit the food garden part and and just kind of how that's laid out and and what you found when you started digging. Ooh, what we found Ooh, that's 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 uh, that gets into some stuff. I hope my brother didn't didn't talk too much about that. No, cause... he didn't spill the beans. Okay, because uh, there might be some things that that um beans shouldn't be spilled but uh no we have some besides the the vineyards here we have a have quite a bit going on and we have our gardens and we um have some animal husbandry and and whatnot going on but uh we're we have a, a pretty small just like a, a one acre or so production garden for we, for all of our our meals and and guests and events that we do here and we kind of have a an open door policy to our gardens anybody that really essentially knows that they're there we're set quite a bit off the road but anybody who knows that they're there is more than welcome to come you know harvest little bits here and there um and we use them for our parties you know that you're on the radio i know but uh (laughs) but uh but i know i'm it's east coast so i don't know how many people will fly across country to get a nice fresh cantaloupe maybe they will golly Um, cantaloupes oh dear (laughs) <laughs> but um but we're also we're also gonna and we'll this will actually probably go in our our quarterly scribble or our, our scribe archives or whatever the publication is going to be called but um kind of a demonstration garden where we're going to designate um one part por- portion of our garden to use as a demonstration for what people could do that you know aren't farmers and, and maybe live don't have access to you know an acre of land but but do have access to, you know, maybe 100 square feet or 50 square feet in their backyard um, of a production, a demonstration garden of what they could do there and, and, and how they could, you know, grow a lot of their own vegetables and herbs and produce or fruits and and uh, do it on the, in their own scale. I mean, that's the thing. It's just so phenomenal how much you can get out of how little. And, you know, just mm-hmm. I'm sitting here in this tiny little retrofitted tractor trailer truck that is it is 150,000 people per month are listening to the cultural production that occurs within these walls when you think about how little it takes to get something so fabulous pulsing through you now my farm is called smithereen farm and it's based on the premise that an intentional explosion has a lot of power and even if they're just tiny little tiny little smithers um, that the impact uh, is tremendous. But mm-hmm. I, I thought really you were going to save 150,000 tomatoes growing in your little trailer. Oh, wouldn't that be good? There's a lot of stuff growing on the roof of this little trailer. They have a huge greenhouse wrapped around the top of it. Really? Yeah. you got to come out here and see. There's, I just was reading the newspaper today, and it says, Another farm. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> sounds... There's like, you know, rooftop farms is expanding. And um, anyway... It's good news around here, I'd say. I'd say. Uh, okay, so now we know you, and we met a little bit your um, next vision and your next project, and people can just email you, or what should they do? Oh, anything. Email, call, just show up. Um. Just show up, and, and just one second now. Just show up. Mm-hmm. Tell us Sonoma County and your area, which is Sonoma, 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 the capital there. Is this an, is this a place that's hospitable for more new growers? The the area? Mm-hmm. The area. Oh, absolutely. I mean one thing that's that's um I mean out of out of a few that's really great about Sonoma compared just in comparison to the valley next door, Napa, is that it's it's it's, you know, much more of a polyculture. There's I mean there there are very much very much of the land is is occupied by vineyards and growing grapes, but um, but there is quite a bit of other other 
you know, farm production going on in the area, and there's there's always room for more. Are you kidding? We welcome it. Well, I um, I'm thankful for you coming on the show. I um I look forward so much to future future collaborations and fe- uh, festivations. I yeah. So when when are you when are you going to be back out here? Uh, October. Okay. Uh, we're going to do a whole tour October November. I'm going to be up uh, on the west. Yeah, October. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, may the celebration continue. I was there. We went to the the diner. In the Fremont a, Diner. Holy moly, the chocolate shakes. Amazing, yeah. Uh, I just It's great. I mean that there needs to be more of more Fremont diners in the world. More diners. Good, you, you hear? More diners. But it's not just any diner. It uh it um it's I mean it's the diner food in this point, even though it's in in California it has a little kind of southern flair to it, but all the all the ingredients are sourced from from small farms you know in the area and and they actually uh they take some they take some produce from us and some of our eggs and and uh they give us their compost so we can we can use it in our gardens and our vineyards and but hey what do you Severin, what if there were little minute smaller fremont diners you know in every gas station instead of being like an a and w or or carl's jr what if they're all little fremont diners everywhere well if you can see it you can be it kids <laughs> join the join the fleet today. Thank you so much, Adam, for joining us. Thank you, Zev. Thank you, all listeners uh, in the ether world, for your continued allegiance to this spontaneous and often slightly disconordinized uh, radio programming. We're thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be here. Sponsored by Hearst Family Ranch. Sponsored by the beer of this bounteous Brooklyn. Uh, sponsored by HeritageRadioNetwork.com and the many, many wonderful people who are making this movement move. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.